0: Welcome back to the If It Fits podcast. I'm one of your hosts Jessica Payne and I'm your other host Michelle James. How are you doing Jess? I'm good thanks. I'm actually really busy on my lunch break from work at the moment (laughs) so I've just been writing a business case paper which is really fun.
1: (laughs) How about you? nice so i've got a new morning routine now so i enjoyed my morning walk so i decided to incorporate that with the gym so now i actually walk to the gym so i go past the garage oh, to nice. get to the gym so i walk to the garage get my coffee then walk to the gym go to the gym and then walk back but i didn't check the weather this morning so on the way back i got soaking oh really you know a good 45 minute walk oh is it i went to
0: um I went for my walk this morning and it started like drizzling. It looked really nice and it started to drizzle literally within about five minutes of me leaving. And I didn't take my coat with the hood on it. So um, I had to walk back to my house and change coats basically because I didn't want my uh, AirPods to get wet. (laughs) Or <laughs> my hair! I washed this hair yesterday, and I'm not doing that again for a few more days. So I was like, "No way! Oh, I need your a extensions. Are a
1: nightmare, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah,
0: exactly. It takes ages. Anyway, okay. Glad you're all right. Let's crack yeah, oh, on good. with the podcast for today. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, eating disorders, and specifically an eating disorder that Michelle has suffered with in the past so I'm gonna ask Michelle a few questions because to be honest I hadn't really heard of it until she told me about it so it's interesting for me to find out a little bit more and we thought it would be interesting for the listeners to find out more too because what we found is that you know binge eating disorder is something that most people are familiar with these days and binge eating disorder is Classed as or the definition of it is the consumption of a large amount of food accompanied by a sense of loss of control So in this definition obviously it's a bit difficult to quantify what is meant by a large Consumption and a limited time frame but the literature um, Has been shown that this has shown sorry that this usually means anywhere in the region of 1500 or more calories within a window of anywhere between two minutes to two hours now you may be thinking i do this all the time (laughs) and obviously we all have occasions where we do this and it's not really that difficult to eat 1500 calories in one sitting just look at a domino's pizza for example (laughs) but in most cases that's just a simple case of overeating so what makes it actually binge eating disorder is that that behaviour of eating that food is also accompanied by other characteristics. So things such as a loss of control. So you, you're doing it almost in like a trance-like state. And people with binge eating disorder also tend to eat far more rapidly than normal. They eat until they're feeling uncomfortably full. They eat large, large amount of foods even when they're not physically hungry. They might often eat alone because they feel embarrassed about how they're eating. They might feel disgusted with themselves and have these feelings of guilt afterwards. And they might be feeling depressed. It might come on due to, you know, emotions that they're going through, such as sadness, anger, loneliness. And often they will, you know, have these episodes of binge eating in secrecy. So they might hoard food and take it to their room because they're embarrassed and, all sorts of things. So it's very different to just normal overeating. So, you know, don't be <laughs> don't be alarmed if you think, oh God, I eat a lot of food, I overconsume, because a lot of people do, obviously. But the reason we wanted to talk about binge eating disorder first is because the disorder that Michelle has suffered with is actually the total opposite. And before I move on, I just want to say, neither Michelle nor I are obviously medical experts in any way shape or form in relation to eating disorders so today we're just literally going to be talking about Michelle's own personal experience so you know we're not advising anything we're not diagnosing anything we're not telling you what to do so if you know you do relate to anything that we're discussing today then obviously please do go and seek professional help from your GP and get the help that you potentially need and just talk to somebody about it so today we're literally just talking about Michelle's own personal experience on what she has has suffered in the past so Michelle tell us a little
1: bit about that disorder that you've had okay so orthorexia so a lot of people um haven't heard of it so the reason we're discussing this is I put a post out um just to say that I have suffered with it I had a lot of messages from people to say they've never I've heard of it before um, and to be honest neither have I into an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating and only eat what they see as like clean or pure food foods so like anorexia orthorexia involves a restriction of the amount and variety of foods eaten uh, making malnutrition likely therefore the two disorders disorders may share the same physical consequences so, warning signs and symptoms of orthorexia. So, compulsive checking of ingredients lists and nutritional labels. An increase in concern about health of ingredients. Cutting out an increasing number of food groups. So, maybe all sugar, or carbs, or dairy, meat or animal products. An inability to eat anything but a narrow group of foods that are deemed as healthy. Unusual interest in health of what others are eating. Spending hours per day thinking about the food that might be served at upcoming events. Showing high levels of distress when safe or unhealthy or healthy foods are not available. Obsessive following of food or healthy lifestyle blogs on like Twitter or Instagram. Body image concerns may or may not be present. Now, last three things, feelings of anxiety, guilt, um, or overeating foods they regard as unhealthy. So basically, when you're eating healthy foods, you just feel anxiety or guilt afterwards. Emotional well-being is overly dependent on eating the right foods. Increased focus on what they are eating may interfere with other areas of their life, such as relationships and work. Okay, so
0: that's a lot of stuff there. So I think it's just important that we point out that being aware of and concerned with the nutritional quality of food isn't a problem in itself. And the fact that, as you've just described there, people with orthorexia do tend to become extremely fixated on that healthy eating you know so fixated on it that it's starting to actually then damage their own well-being so there is a difference between yeah, you know being aware of things and looking for nutritional value as we do and then taking it to that sort of next level so okay so michelle i'm really really interested to hear you know i know a little bit now but i'm really interested to hear a bit more in detail about your experiences with this so when did you okay. when did you first notice that it came about
1: well, i didn't actually notice until about 2018 when i started a nutrition course and i was just interested in um, like disordered eating so i started reading up about it and i come across orthorexia and reading up about it and i was like oh that actually rings true so I did a bit of research and then looked back on my experiences and then i realized that i had it previously. Um so it wasn't actually until a few years later that I did started to get um involved in nutrition and learn about it that yes. I actually realized that I had it or had it previously. Just things that kind of like like rang true everything I was reading. I was kind of ticking each box. Um, so it wasn't until like 2018, but it was actually 2013 that it started. Wow. So it was, okay. So it actually started, uh, looking back now, and I've actually got the diet plan in front of me. So I'll read out. So we started, I had, um, it was late 2013, early 2014, um, I got my first bodybuilding coach. And I started yes. to take fitness seriously because I wanted to look, to look like a bikini athlete. At this point, I didn't want to compete. I just wanted to look like I trained. So I had a diet plan. On this diet plan, it was food, and it's in red. I might actually take a screenshot and send it to you. It's in red. So red, like danger food. Right. Food to avoid. So I'll read them out to you. So foods to avoid. Um, are in sections. So you've got like carbs, protein and stuff. But I'll just read them all out. Right. So you've got bread, croissants, cakes and pastries, biscuits, flapjacks. Really random. Sugary breakfast cereals, ice cream, chips, crisps, roasted potatoes, um, sauces. So sauces you cook with processed meats burgers sausages meatballs cheap mince meat kebabs ham cheap bacon full fat dairy fried foods um fruit juice um alcohol and fizzy drinks
0: well that's a pretty random list but basically what's us trying to say is there are good foods and there are bad foods isn't it that's good and bad and clear distinction and At that time, you're obviously really impressionable, you're gonna believe that because like you said, you weren't into nutrition so much then, you didn't have the knowledge and experience that you have now. So obviously you're suddenly gonna think, right, okay, these are bad foods, I I can't eat them. So when you think back to 2013 then, obviously you were, were you with this coach for the whole time that you had that disorder, would you say, or did it? No, I I went
1: between the two coaches. So this is from the first coach. And then the second coach had a similar plan. Um, So again, all these were not like allowed to eat. So I genuinely believed that I could not eat these foods. Honestly, I actually believed it. I believed if I wanted to be fit and look like I trained, I couldn't eat these foods. And I actually cut out alcohol completely from 2014 to about 2016. Yeah, for about two years, I didn't drink. I would like drive to parties just so I couldn't drink, so i take the car. Um, I actually believed that I couldn't drink alcohol at all. And I actually believed all these foods on these lists, I couldn't eat. Ever. I believed it. <laughs> Ever. I have actually believed it. So I only ate... Clean food, and then that's when the obsession started. So, um, I would take my food prep everywhere with me, um, and I mean absolutely everywhere. So, game day, rugby my husband's a massive rugby fan, you go to watch nearly every game. I was walking around Cardiff on game day amongst 72,000 people with my chicken and veg. We <laughs> went to, um, Oh, I can't remember what it was. But it was in Cardiff. It was when the football was in there. Uh, football was in Cardiff. I think it was like um I can't remember what game it was, but there's like actually, I have about football. football. <laughs> in Cardiff. So we went we went to Cardiff again. I had to sneak my food in. Um, There'd be places that I went on a hen weekend in um, Birmingham, and I took my full bag. I I didn't have breakfast with everyone because I took my breakfast muffins. When they went out for a meal, I just had like a side salad, um, and I took my own food with me. Um, I went on another hen weekend where we went on a um, uh, where'd we go? On a cruise. It's 2016. Went on a cruise. Um, obviously the food was all there. So yeah, as best I can, but I didn't drink at all. The whole weekend, I just didn't drink because I believed I couldn't drink. Um, I'd go to meals. So on these plans, you were allowed like a cheap meal, but even the cheap meal, it'd be on a Saturday night, the cheap meal was like planned for you. So you was only allowed okay. to have like steak and chips and a small dessert, or you could have like a burger and chips and a small dessert. So even though it was a cheap meal, it was still restricted because you had to eat what they were telling you to eat. But again, yeah. it was on a Saturday. So one, one year, my mum's birthday was on a Wednesday and they were going out for food. And I just believed I didn't know how to like eat during the week. Like my cheat meal was a Saturday. I was only like yeah. taking chips yeah. on a Saturday. So my mum's birthday was a Wednesday. So I believed that I just couldn't eat sake and chips on a Wednesday. <laughs> so I went to my mum's birthday meal and I just had a diet Coke because oh, wow. I believed that I couldn't eat I couldn't eat out
0: yeah see I, went, I went to my sister's meal of-
1: and I'm um, oh, sorry go on i see say Miguel I went to my sister's birthday meal and when they were having Maine and Diet Coke and when they had dessert I had a coffee because <laughs> again it was a Thursday like can't was- eat a dessert on a Thursday <laughs> god no <laughs> that- see for that's coffee, what's like, crazy on a-, on a Thursday so yeah you've
0: got a list of bad foods yet you're allowed to go and have a dessert on a Saturday like it just when you look at it at the time obviously you believe it all but when you look at that now you're like how does that make
1: any sense whatsoever (laughs) in there makes sense at all and I would just get like social anxiety if I was invited to a party like I would generally work myself into such a state like, what food is going to be there? Um, I'll have to eat before I go. Um, I'll have to avoid the food. What am I going to do when the food comes out when the lights go on and everyone's eating? And most of the time, I wouldn't go. Yeah. I just wouldn't go because I'd work myself up so much it was just easier not to go. Yeah. And so that affected your well-being
0: then as well, like dramatically. Yeah, it did
1: affect my mental health to the point where I would just either not go to stuff or yeah I would take my like food prep with me and it was just everything was just always about food like what food would be there um it's easier to take my own food there's not going to be any healthy food heaven forbid if I ate a sausage roll <laughs>
0: <laughs> the world would be over if you ate a sausage roll I guarantee it <laughs> and when you were going through that stage did you know your close friends and family point things out to you did they bring it up and try and raise their concerns or or not
1: not really, no, because they just thought I was just being healthy. Um, right. They might have maybe seen it as a, like an obsession, but no one ever says anything. Um, like my friend Vicky, so if we... There's three of us, so we have got me, Vicky and Rachel. You always used to do something, so usually we'd go for food. But when I was in this, we would either have to go um, to the cinema, um, and i take my food prep with me, and bingo. Um, Oh, what was the other thing that we did? Yeah, it's mainly cinema or bingo. Cinema or bingo. There wasn't a around food. Obviously, there was food there, but I could get away with not eating. Yeah, and I would yeah. just take my food prep with me. So things like that. So I would have to change what we did if we went to. Um, we usually go like for food, and that for for a couple of years that changed. I would ask them if we can go like to bingo or to cinema or something instead, so we didn't revolve around food. Yeah. Um my friend Vicky she didn't really say anything but I think she could tell there was an issue if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um yeah. just cuz you know, she I always agree. be like oh you like you can't go for food can you just order something else. Um yeah I think she knew something was there but she never actually said anything. Yeah, okay. So what do you think it was that eventually like
0: got you out of that? How did you start to overcome it if that went on for a few years? what was the pattern to help you start getting out of it? Because you said you didn't realize you even had it until a few years later, or, or did you realize whilst you were still like sort of in the midst of it?
1: Yeah, I realized that it was becoming an obsession and it started to affect um, me going out and having like a normal life. Yeah. And just taking my food everywhere. And I was like, do I want to take my meal prep with me forever? So I did start to track on my fitness pal. And I did start, like, because Phil, my husband, started to track as well. And he'd been messaging me, like, I can't believe that I was allowed to have. Because I think it affected him as well. Because he, not he believes, but, too don't really know how to say it, but when he started tracking, he was like, I can have, like, a Snickers, and I'm still within my calories.
0: Right, okay. So he was doing flexible dieting. <laughs>
1: yeah he was doing flexible dieting but the way he, he worded it and i was like well that obviously don't sound right like i'm allowed or caution yeah yeah to have it um and just things like that and i was like oh well, i'm doing could be affecting other people um so yeah i started tracking and then i started to add little things in like chocolate um like i go out for meals just have like a nando's but i would track it and i was still like losing weight and getting results um it was just that i didn't actually seek help as such because I didn't think I had an issue yeah I just thought I was healthy eating um and it wasn't until 2018 really that I actually looked back and realized that I did have an issue and I probably should have got help
0: yeah I mean I it sounds like you know you were quite lucky and I guess that was really lucky that Phil ended up you know starting to track himself and saying you know oh look I can fit this snickers into my macros and still make progress and then I guess that's what helped you so perhaps if he wasn't around doing that you know it could have escalated even further who knows how long it might have gone on for but I mean what would you suggest to people who think that they are suffering with that I mean I know you're not obviously a medical expert of course as we've said but in terms of helping people get out of this horrible cycle and what they're doing it's it's a difficult one isn't it
1: yeah i think the warning signs i actually had a client uh recently um i won't say her name but she started to get an healthy obsession where she would go to her boyfriend's mum's house for dinner and take her own food yeah and she would be obsessed with tracking everything um and i i just said to her i said right the fact that you go into someone else's house for dinner and taking your own chicken and veg and whatever um that's a sign that you're going down like the wrong path. Yeah. Um, So I took her off tracking. she's now intuitive eating. Um, She's much better. But I say to people that if you get anxiety about going out to eat and maybe you cancel because you're um, worried they're not going to have like healthy food or you go into someone's house and you're always taking your own food, that is like a warning sign um that healthy eating is is now becoming an obsession um yes we have fitness goals and yes when you go to someone's house you can control what you're going to eat but so what they might put a little bit of olive oil in or cooking sauce like that one meal is not going to make you fat that one meal is not going to ruin your whole progress if you uh, cancel like that one meal and then it's going to escalate you're going to cancel the next one the next one and you're going to end up um like i did just just ends up saying no to everything because it's just easier. So yeah. So that is a sign. So if you get like anxiety or we're going out to eat or somebody else's house to eat, that is a sign that maybe your healthy eating is is becoming an obsession.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, when you're talking about all this, I'm thinking back to my own experiences, and I have had phases, you know, where I've taken Tupperware to events and thought about the food, but. I don't think it ever consumed me so much that I believed that they were the only foods. I think I was just trying to stick to my plan and achieve my goal. So I think even though, you know, it sounds very similar, but I feel like there was a very slight difference in that I was very well aware that they weren't, you know, good foods, bad foods, and I'll only get results if I eat this, but I kind of wanted to stick to my plan and just do that. But I don't think it took over my life and consumed me for years and years and years, you know, I pretty quickly was, I was able to go out, have the odd meal off plan and then get straight back on it. Do you know what I mean? Rather than, yeah. rather than stressing over it too much, but I've certainly been in on occasions, you know, I've taken tuna and veg to the cinema and stuff like that to stick to my plan. But I guess when you are on a, on a plan, I mean, that was when I was planning on doing a competition back a couple of years ago and i had a goal then so i guess i was trying to just stick to it and there are times when you need to be a little bit more strict if you've got you know competitive or athletic performance goals but yeah i wouldn't say to the extent that it was messing with my own mental well-being but i mean and that's the reason you've just talked about your client there that is the reason obviously we wanted to discuss this today because purely because as online coaches um you know, we're helping people with their nutrition. We need to be aware of these things and to, to look out for any warning signs so that if we do have a client that we think, you know, could potentially be showing signals of a potential disorder or something on, on its way, then we've got then, you know, a duty of care to step in with our client and try and help them through it Um, try and talk to them about it. And it can often be quite a difficult subject subject yeah. but you know that's why we are there is to recognize those signs as well and i think that's really important and if we do think that you are sort of displaying any any sort of sign of any eating disorder we can speak to you advise that you talk to a doctor and really try and you know we wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be qualified to help you through it in terms of without any other medical intervention at all yeah. and quite often you need um sort of help from a psychologist as well in terms of I don't know they do techniques like cognitive behavioral therapy and things like that don't they yeah Would you say that you are now completely
1: over over that are you
0: comfortable now yeah I'd
1: say so but I wouldn't follow a diet plan again because I think I've got not obsessive but if I was yeah I would I would say obsessive if I was given (laughs) a diet plan like I would stick to it to a T and like I was allowed to cheat meal on the weekend then again I might go down the road that I couldn't eat out on like a a weekday yeah so this is what I've got a coach again now so after a chat with my coach I've said that I'm I'm not going to do a diet plan um I enjoy flexible dieting and I know I can get results from doing flexible dieting so I just wouldn't follow a diet plan again because I have got obsessive tendencies I guess so um and if somebody gives me a plan to follow like I'll follow it 100% like I, I yeah. got that kind of mindset. So if I was given um a diet plan again and told I can have a cheat meal on a Saturday, then I would start cancelling things during the week again, probably. Yeah, and
0: that's not um, where I want to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I think I'm kind of over it, but to the point where I flexible diet in has kind of like changed my life. And I feel it's weird. I feel free. Yeah. Like such a sense of. It's weird, like freedom, I feel free. I feel like free from being restrictive and always like consumed and thinking about food all the time. Don't get me wrong, I I still love food. (laughs) I still (laughs) think about food a lot, but um, it's not just like chicken and veg and I'm not just thinking about, um, I have to eat healthy, like I can not use oils, I can't eat this, I can't eat that, is I've got my calorie target and I can eat within that. And what I eat within that is flexible and I'm not obsessed with the calories either so if I go over one day I just draw a line over it and under it and and move on the next day so yeah I I think I am over it but I don't think I could follow a diet plan again and that's why I'm not competing um just because just because I don't want to follow a diet plan again because I think it will bring things back
0: yeah Yeah. And that's a really good place to be in the fact that, you know, you've got this awareness of it, you recognize it and you've sort of learned with what works personally for you. So flexible dieting is perfect for others. Like you've mentioned already, it might just be intuitive eating, perhaps tracking at all. is just not the best idea for you. So everyone's going to be different. Yeah, It it sounds like, you know, you you're fully aware of it and you're also taking preventative measures. In terms of you know not following the diet plan and any of that in order to ensure that you don't go back down that route so i think that's really good and you know even talking about it now you've talked about it openly here today i'm sure you've talked about it with phil and any other friends so i'm sure if they were to now start to see you getting some of those tendencies back then they would be able to step in as well and sort of intervene and speak to you so that is um that's really good i think I've got a coach as well, and and I do flexible dieting too, because I said um, I just don't like sticking to a diet
1: plan, basically, forever. The thing is, unless you're competing, like you can still compete and do flexible dieting, but you do get better results, obviously, competing to follow a a strict diet plan. Um, So unless you're competing, um, you don't need to follow a diet plan. The thing is, there's just so many young girls at the minute like competing, yeah. And, and, think, and think they need to follow a diet plan, even if you're not competing. Just I get so many messages off young girls, like, will you do me a diet plan? Can you do a diet plan? And I yeah, try to speak to them, that. like you don't need a diet plan, you just need to be in a calorie deficit. And then they go off to somebody else and then somebody else writes them a diet plan. And I just think, yeah. oh, like, you don't need a diet plan. I just hope they don't go down like a road of disordered eating because nine times out of 10, if someone is on a diet plan, um they do tend to go down that road especially um like so many competitors have I'm not saying like yeah. competing does that to you with me I already had this order to when I competed
0: yeah I think that's the thing isn't it it can become dangerous if you've already got these sort of tendencies within you and like you said I'm getting messages as well quite often do you do diet plans can you do me a diet plan I say no I can't do your diet plan I try I explain the reasons why I would say 90% of the time they don't come back to me, they go elsewhere. But I would rather know that I haven't told somebody, you know, strict food you can eat. So, what I do sometimes, if somebody's new to flexible dieting, I'll help create an example diet plan. But, you know, working with them to say, right, you know, this is how you can get this much protein in, for example, this how you how do you like to eat? Okay, so we'll split your meals up like this. If you don't like breakfast, we don't, you know, it's all based on them, but it's me showing them how they can get you know all the fiber in all the fats in all of the protein in and working through it that way rather than saying this is a good food this is a bad food like that's not
1: yeah um, so i also do example plans so if someone says to me that they go off plan when they eat chocolate so i'll do an example diet plan with like a twirl in it to show them that you can still hit your fibre, still hit your protein, um, still get enough uh, essential fats, and you can still eat that well. So yeah. I, I do it. If somebody says oh, I like a glass of wine, um, and I put in a glass of wine and show them, that I'm not saying this is your diet plan. You can have a glass of wine every day. But if you wanted a glass of wine, this is how you can still hit your protein and your fibre target and start planning a glass of wine so I do it in that sense yeah uh, but I tell them as an example and I make them fill in like my fitness pal or do intuitive eating whatever works for them but yeah so I'll do examples to show them yeah. how they can add in foods that they would see as a treat to show them that it's not a treat like you're not a dog <laughs> you don't reward yourself with a, a treat it's, well, it's, just exactly. all, it's just all food at the end of the day it's all
0: food as long as, you know, 90% of it or 80% of it even is healthy, balanced, nutritious meals, then, you know, factor in the odd treat and thing that's going to make you happy, whether that's a tiny bar of chocolate every day or a glass of wine or whatever else it might be, you can still be healthy and factor those in. And that's a good point actually. So I was just having a little look about this at the health consequences of having orthorexia and it does say, um, because it involves a restriction of the amount and variety of foods eaten, it can make malnutrition likely, so it does share some of the same sort of physical consequences as anorexia because you are you end up cutting down your food sources to such an extreme that you're then not getting you know the varied nutrients and you know vitamins and minerals that you need from all the other foods so yeah it's a it's malnutrition is.
1: Yeah, and I was so thin as well at one point. To the point where I couldn't wear a bra. I couldn't wear a bra because my bones were sticking out in my chest and the the bone in the bra would be rubbing against my chest. So I couldn't physically wear a bra. Oh, wow. Because I was so thin.
0: Your coaches at the time didn't obviously recognise it because they were prescribing the foods to you.
1: (laughs) No, they weren't. Actually, when I was that thin... um, and I said to her, like, I was starving. Like, to the point, I was starving. And I said to her, I was starving. And she was like, you need to, um, uh, well, how'd she word it? You need to spread your food out better. Oh, right, okay. There's yeah. only so far 1,000 calories is going to go.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is, it's just not a good place to be at all. And I think there is more knowledge and understanding around nutrition these days i think you know i'm looking back at some of the diet plans i was given you know going eight to nine ten years ago and very similar situation you know thousand calories they'd be like zero carb or whatever it was and i'd like to think that people's knowledge has improved and you know that we are more aware of the health side of things rather than purely just the aesthetics these days i know you know we obviously are we help our clients try and be as healthy and happy as possible but but you know I always say and well we both always say that being healthy is not just literally about the foods that you eat It's also about your mental well-being so if it does come to a point where like Michelle you were cancelling events you know refusing to eat at your mother's birthday dinner because it was Wednesday and not Saturday um you know just stopping going out for all meals or occasions and enjoying yourself with your friends that's that's really going to have a detrimental effect and you're not going to be your most healthy or your most happy because you are you know well you're not healthy in any way really because like we just said you're cutting out so all, yeah. all the nutrients but it is your mental well-being is just as important and you know, going out for meals, just enjoying time and having that sense of freedom is so important for your for your mental health. So yeah, hopefully we've raised some awareness of, of these disorders. I mean, there are so many eating disorders that we could go into. We're not experts. So that's something that we can, you know, talk about in more detail in the future once we've completed our course and maybe even look for some experts to come on because I think that would be useful. But for today, I think it's just been really interesting just to hear your your side of it and the fact that it went on for years and you know really took over a huge part of your life. I mean, how does that feel for you now to know that you went through all of that? <laughs> I bet it's quite upsetting.
1: Yeah, it's quite sad the fact that I didn't miss out on like so many events. Yeah. And I missed like on years of drinking rosé. I love that <laughs> a glass of rosé wine. <laughs> I was like teetotal for like about two years and I didn't like drink at all um I would yeah drive at parties you know go home early or just not go at all um and looking back I just missed out on so many events and stuff and it, it is quite sad so I just want people just want to raise awareness really um just to help people like not miss out on events because you're never going to get those memories back yeah Do you know what I mean so yeah you might eat a little bit more than usual or you might gain some water weight from alcohol but you can get rid of that you know But you, you can't go back in time and get those memories back.
0: No exactly I had a client um last week who said you know she was going on a weekend away for her, her child's birthday and she said that she was dreading getting on the scales when she came back and she was going to be as strict as possible and I said no like please don't dread getting on the scales when you come back and go and enjoy yourself that you can be mindful about what you're eating and you know not necessarily go off on eat absolutely everything in sight for the whole weekend you don't have to go and do that to enjoy yourself but you equally don't have to track your calories on a weekend away with your family for your little boy's birthday because at the end of the day you're going to be sad when you come back home you're not going to look at that weekend and have happy memories you want to come back and yeah. do remember that you relaxed, you had fun, it was a few days, you're going to come back and get back on it, back to your normal diet and exercise routine. Like you said, the weight will settle within a few days, most of it's going to be water weight anyway. And you do need to really enjoy these moments of life. And I've started doing that so much more in, in the last two years, I would say I've really started to, and yes, I haven't always been, you know, my leanest. But I have been much happier.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm
0: enjoying, you know, family events. And when we have my stepkids over, you know, sometimes I will have a pizza. But if we get a Domino's in, sometimes I'll have like a personal ham and pineapple pizza. So I'm still having it. I'm not necessarily going and completely going all out. But I'm I'm taking part. I'm enjoying it. I'm eating what I want, really, and just making it work for me. And I think that's really... I find it quite liberating, to be honest. That flexible dieting for me has just changed the game as well in the last few years. Yeah, same. I got in my leanest ever state doing flexible dieting, so I've never got lean
1: doing flexible dieting. Haven't
0: you? See, I got my my, this is my go home. Well, you know, you can do it. I mean, back then, obviously, you were so consumed, so perhaps you just never really i think you always thought it was destined to fail anyway perhaps that you never really gave it that proper chance
1: yeah i've gone lean quite a few times i've got in you know great shape but yeah it's always been just eating a diet plan chicken and veg and eating minced beef with no sauce because i believe the sauce is bad for you oh wow who wants to eat bloody <laughs> plain minced beef <laughs> and do you know what no. i also so on this list sorry um things that I can eat in green was like sweet potato so um and not white potato so for years I didn't eat white potatoes so I thought white potato was bad Ah. Uh, and actually sweet potatoes are usually they've usually
0: got slightly more calories yes they've got some added benefits in terms of the uh, micronutrients that you get in them you know they're high in is it carotene or whatever it is and some other things you do get more antioxidants out of them but there's nothing wrong with a white potato either and <laughs> no potatoes
1: really do you know what, i can't eat sweet potato anymore because you ate it so much smell yeah well yeah. Not, not I, I love
0: sweet potato but i equally love normal potato i just eat what i fancy at the time to be honest but i'm sure potato is actually one of the highest the most satiating foods isn't it
1: is it? really hard. oh i love white potato now but yeah i didn't eat that for years either because i just believed i couldn't <laughs> I just let sweet potato to the point where I can't even stand the smell of it now. Oh, I'm
0: not surprised. I've had loads of foods like that in the past as well. I'm just trying to think. I, I do remember going through a phase with one coach where I was on like zero carb and I was eating burgers for breakfast. And funnily enough, my IBS symptoms were set off for like months and months and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, what is causing it? Like my stomach was killing every day. And then I realised I'm just like living off red meat. So (laughs) I very rarely eat red meat these days because it does tend to give me a bad stomach. But also just the thought of getting up and eating burgers with green beans for breakfast. How gross is that? Give me my oats and whey any day, please.
1: (laughs) And this one diet plan, actually, this is timed. So, And I also believe that I had to eat on the dot every three hours. Um, I would right, time it. Yeah. I would have, like, on my phone, like, alarms to eat. Really? Like, that? Yeah. Let my I would have times. Not. So, one of the times, so I had to start eating at 6am. So, my first meal was 6am, then 9am, then 12, then 3. So, 6am, I would have my first meal, um, which was, oats, blueberries with cinnamon. And I didn't even like cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> told it would make my metabolism faster it's even on there a spice which promotes a faster metabolism um and I had to have that at 6am every day so even on my day off I would have to set my alarm wake up eat my first meal and go oh, back to wow. bed wow <laughs> Wow!
0: I mean we've all believed at some point that eating every three hours boosts your metabolism because they <laughs> used to tell us that didn't they but I've never ever like set my alarm to get up and eat my meal on a rest day, just because I had to eat it at that time. I did used to believe that eating, you know, I had to eat every two to three hours in order for fat loss to occur and to, to keep my metabolism revved, <laughs> but no, but yeah. When yes. it, so it literally just took over your, over your life. It sounds for a, a good few years, which is a massive shame, but I mean, you've got to the point now, so I need, you need to look at the positives. You've learned a lot from that experience. It means you can now sort of help clients through that. You can recognize the symptoms quite easily. And, you know, you've taught me about it because I wasn't really aware of that, that existed until recently. And, you know, you've managed to speak openly about it. So hopefully just speaking about it
1: again today
0: and has been helpful for people.
1: Yeah, I hope so. So you know, there's a difference between like eating healthier than being obsessive with healthy yes. eating. So, um, yeah, this is why you, we're both big on flexible diet now because we both got experience. Obviously, they're different, but. We just want to educate people on flexible dieting, that you don't have to follow a diet plan. And when I have a young girl message me for a diet plan, like I feel quite sad because I know she's not going to sign up with either of us. She's going to yeah. go to someone because she believes that she has to have a diet plan because I did as well. Um, and she believes that you have to eat like healthy foods. And I do feel quite sad that she's going to go to somebody else and get a diet plan and could possibly end up down the disordered eating um, route. So. This is why we you know we're both big on flexible diet dieting we want to educate our clients we um you know want to make sure they still have like a social life as well because like yeah. for a while i didn't i cancelled so many events and stuff and when i get a client message me like oh i got a family birthday on saturday what do i do like go enjoy it and yeah and just go enjoy it eat something that you want to eat don't eat something on the menu that it's just going to fit your macro. So I so many times used to order like just the boring salad. And I used to order like a a side salad with no sauce just because um, I believe that I couldn't eat anything else. So now if you're going out to eat, like have something that you actually want, not something just because it like fits your your macros.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even though we provide like protein targets to people, if you're going to go out and have a big treat and, you know, you haven't, you're nowhere near your protein target for that day, you know, don't worry about it. It's one day, like we always say, is what you do 90% of the time consistently and not those odd specific days where, you know, you yeah. really celebrate something with a family. And both of us are just so, well, it's just such advocates of people living their life and fitting this into their lifestyle and, you know, getting results whilst still having quality family time time with friends time to socialize time to enjoy food and yes you know if people want to get results and they have a specific goal then there might be some parameters and but that's where we implement things like calorie bankings if you know you've got an event you can save some calories build them up you know but it doesn't have to become super super strict and take over
1: your entire life whatsoever because yeah you want your fitness goals to fit into your life yes not to become your life like I did um so yeah that's it really enjoy life and get fit at the same time
0: yes just live life be happy live laugh love (laughs) yes (laughs) oh well thank you so much Michelle that was really interesting and nice to hear a little bit more about your your past experiences. And like we said, hopefully you've taken something from that today, or at least, you know, you can be on the lookout and recognize some symptoms, whether that's in yourself or if you notice a friend or family member is becoming particularly obsessive, then you can always, you know, try and speak to them or, or help them out in, in whatever way, or, you know, seek medical advice, which we obviously advise you to do 100%. If you do think you or anyone else has, any of these disorders
1: yeah so you know give one of us a shout if you do need help but if you do think you've got disordered eating eating disorder then please seek professional help speak to a doctor they probably refer you to a dietitian a specialist but um yeah if you do just want help getting away from a diet plan to flexible dieting then yes give us a shout if you think you've got disorder eating, to then you know we can help you with that um it's above our scope of practice so you do need to seek professional help but if you do like the idea of just having food freedom and want to learn about flexible dieting just give me or jessica a shout 100 okay well thanks everyone for listening
0: and we will catch you next week have a lovely Thanks week. Thanks, everyone. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.